Welcome to A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington. This program is a ministry of Calvary Chapel Inglewood. Today on A Transforming Word. We're always worshiping God in response. We celebrate what he's already accomplished for us. And so it's been said as far as someone with the peace of God, it's, it's not really possible to have the peace of God unless you first have peace with God. And so many people in the world in which we live right now, this is something that they lack. They lack peace. They don't have peace with God. They don't enjoy the peace of God. Listen to the news or scroll through your social media feed for long enough, and it becomes apparent that we live in a broken, hurting world. The peace of God is absent in the hearts of humanity. We're really good at distracting ourselves with momentary pleasures and putting on a good face. But deep down, we're falling apart. As Pastor Bill will encourage us in today's message, God can provide the peace we need. And once He fills your heart, He wants it to overflow onto the lost world around you. Now, here's Pastor Bill in the book of Leviticus chapter 3 for today's edition of A Transforming Word. Today, in chapter 3, we're looking at the peace offering. And this is the last of the three kind of voluntary offerings. The, the two that's going to come after this are offerings that you have to do because you transgressed or you sinned. But this is the last of the three free will offerings. You did this voluntarily. It was an act of worship to the Lord. And um, it, it, it has to do with our part of it was them celebrating the fact that they had peace with Jehovah because of what he had, what he had done for them. Um, and so they would, this was a celebratory type of offering. It was something they were doing. Um, they were just thankful. They were celebrating. It was done congregationally. So the, the whole camp of Israel would come out and do this, but it was also something that a person could do all by themselves. And they were just feeling especially just warm and fuzzy or, or just, man, I just want to bless God today. They could go down and offer uh, a peace offering to the Lord. If God had shown special fa- favor in your life or blessed in some sort of way, uh, they could go down and offer up this offering. So I uh, look at chapter three, starting at verse one. It says, when his offering is a sacrifice of a peace offering, if he offers it of the herd, whether male or female, he shall offer it without blemish before the Lord. And so one thing right out the gate, um, that this peace offering, it, it's um, as, as, he, as he offers it, it could be, a, we're going to get three different ways it could be offered similar to the other offerings. There were Three different ways it could be done. So it could be something from your herd, something from your flock, or it could be a goat. And we'll go back through each one of those. Pretty much this chapter breaks down into those, a long explanation of how to bring this offering forth. Rather, it was uh, from the herd, which was uh, the large animals, the oxen, uh, or it was from your, you know, your herd, or if it was from the the sheep or it was an oxen or or a, a goat. So, it had to be without blemish, unlike the burnt offering, which had to be a male. This one could be a male or a female. So it didn't have to just be a, a male. It could be male or female. And then verse two says, and he shall lay his hand on the head of his offering and kill it at the door of the tabernacle of meeting. And Aaron's son, the priest, shall sprinkle the blood all around the altar. So I want to kind of look first at why they would bring forth this offering to the Lord. And then we're going to walk through the different steps. The person offering it, what their job was, the duties for the person doing the offering, the duties for the priest that was going to offer it up. And then later on, 
the distribution. This offering was different as well because it was one where the person offering it would also be able to partake of some of it. So um, first of all, why would a person be coming to offer a, a, a peace offering? And, you know, we, we've heard that term in our culture. You know, maybe there's someone that you've had beef with or you had an issue with. And I think in our minds, we offer, you might it'd be a peace offering, something you're offering to someone so that they'll forgive you. You know, just it's kind of like a makeup gift. I'm going to offer you this peace offering so that we can be friends. Maybe you have a, a, a little tiff with somebody at work. And so you leave them a Starbucks card as a peace offering. We're, we're good now. You know, uh, forgive me. The idea in this is a little different. It's not offering something to God so that you'll have peace with God. This is something that they were offering because they were enjoying peace with God. Um, because what God had already done for them, it was it was something they were doing as a result of. So it's much like for New Testament believers, there are things that we're to do, not so that God will do, just as an act of worship because of what he's already done. Um, we too are in a place where New Testament saints have been washed in the blood of Jesus. God's already done for us a great work. We've been forgiven of our sins. We've been accepted by him. We're already at peace with God. And so anything that we offer up in worship, in sacrifice, in service, it's not so that God will. It's because of what God has already done. And I believe that's what worship is supposed to look like, that we're always worshiping God in response. We celebrate what he's already accomplished for us. And so it's been said as far as someone with the peace of God, it's, it's not really possible to have the peace of God unless you first have peace with God. And so many people in the world in which we live right now, this is something that they lack. They lack peace. They don't have peace with God. They don't enjoy the peace of God. And it's something that believers can forget sometimes how blessed we are, what God has provided for us, that there's something, there's some things, there's some intangibles that are made available to the people of God that people in the world don't know. They don't enjoy these same things. We can have peace. We have peace with God Almighty. We can enjoy his supernatural peace in difficult circumstances. Without Christ in this world, there, there is no peace. There may be moments of temporary peacefulness, but in the world without Christ, people cannot enjoy genuine uh, peace. And that's why I, I believe people commit suicide. That's why I believe people... Um, they go after substances and they're, they're looking for some sort of relief. And there are things that only God can do. I spent some time last few weeks, a friend of mine's mother had passed away. And so uh, each week I'm trying to make sure I, I spend some time with him. And I just see how how he's doing, how things are going, how he's coming along. And we talked um, this week and it was it was a blessing. He said, you know what? Each week, you know, he said, I have moments where, you know, it gets to me and I, I, I'm feeling emotional. He said, man, God's peace has met me at every point that I have not totally broken down or fallen apart. He said, man, that whenever I start feeling whatever I start feeling to God's peace is there to meet me it's right where I'm at. That's something money can't buy. You guys money can't buy it. Drugs can't accomplish it. Um, if drugs bring you peace, it's, it's a price tag on it. You know, it's not it won't be a lasting peace. And so um this group here, the Israelites, they were coming and they were offering this offering to the Lord. It was a peace offering. They were celebrating peace with God that was established on the basis of the power of his atoning blood. That God's atoning blood had atoned for their sins and they were thankful for it. They had peace with God and therefore they were offering up this offering to the Lord. So, again, there are three different ways that it can be offered. It could be of your of your uh, herds. It could be of your flocks, which would be a little smaller animals. And it could be a goat. 
I'm going to go ahead and walk through the first one, and then I'll come back and, and we'll, we'll explain how it goes. So um, first of all, in verse 2, it says you have to lay your hand on the head of it, uh, on the head of the offering, and then you had to kill it at the door of the tabernacle of meeting. So if you were the person offering the sacrifice, you had to bring it down yourself. Rather, it was an oxen, rather it was a sheep from your herd, or rather it was a goat. You had to bring it down there. You had to lay your hand on it. You might remember why you lay your hand on the animal. What's that symbolic of? What's, what's taking place there? Just a transfer, right? You're, you're laying your hand on this animal. Um, and I, I actually found some video, and I was I thought of showing it, but it was pretty, I don't know, it, some of y'all might not appreciate it, but if you were interested in it, you could actually Google it. Um, there are videos of what these sacrifices look like. And it's it's like, wow. I'm like, I'm looking at it saying, man, there's a, this has to be a reason why God did had them do this. They had to bring their, the animal down themselves. It said they had to bring it to the door of the tabernacle. They had to kill it themselves. And so if it was your offering, you were offering to God, you brought it down, you killed it at the door of the tabernacle. You slit its throat. You let it bleed out. And then it says Aaron's sons, the priests, they'll sprinkle the blood all around the altar. Verse 3, then he shall offer from the sacrifice of the peace offering an offering made by fire to the Lord. The fat that covers the entrails and all the fat that is on the entrails, the two kidneys and the fat that is on them by the flanks and the fatty lobe attached to the liver above the kidneys, he shall remove. And Aaron's sons shall burn it on the altar upon the burnt sacrifice, which is on the wood that um, that is on the fire as an offering made by fire, a sweet aroma to the Lord. And so once again here, God is God is having them do this barbecue and we'll get to we'll talk about later why the, this first portion is set apart for the Lord. It's the fat, the liver, the fatty lobe and all the fat around the fatty lobe um, that's attached to the kidneys. All this stuff is going to be removed. And um, and I, I, I just would throw it out there to you guys. How come you think God this is God's portion? They're going to get to eat the good stuff. They're going to get the thigh. They're going to get the breast. But God's getting the fat, the liver, the kidney, the fatty lobe, the fat tail with the fat around the tail. Now, I'll say this. Anybody that barbecues, which smells best when you barbecue? The fat. That's the best. That's just, if you, you barbecue a rib with a little bit of meat and a whole lot of fat, it smells good. You know, it's not good for you, but it smells good. Um, some of the best smell in most people's households in the morning is bacon. It's fat. Just crackling in the pan. Kids start waking up early. You want to get kids up for school, just start burn some bacon fat. Everybody be up, Mom, I'm up. What's for breakfast? You know, they smell the bacon fat going or whatever. It it's, uh, smells good. Uh, that smelled good on the barbecue. And this was going to be God's portion. We'll talk about it a little more at the end, but it used to be thought that God was having the best part for himself. But in hindsight, people look at it now and they say, wow, Part of what God had them do in the command was he made he was keeping them healthy. He said, like, you guys can't eat this part. You guys offer that part to me. You go ahead and burn that in the offering to me. And you guys eat the other part. And so while the nations around Israel were eating the fat and the fatty lobe and the kidneys and all the stuff like that, probably getting sick and diabetic and everything else. And, you know, Israel, they were free of these things. And we're going to see this a lot in Leviticus where God there was in God's commands to, of what to do. There was wisdom beyond technology. There was wisdom beyond medical profession. There was wisdom beyond what they possessed at this time. 
Um, God just saying, look, I want you to worship me like this. But as we look backwards now, we look back and say, wow, if they hadn't have done that God's way, they would have all been sick. Um, we'll see later on in Leviticus, God had given them special instructions about when they got to go potty. They were a large camp of people. They didn't have sewage and plumbing and toilet bowls and all the nice amenities that we have today. So kind of like what cats do, they would go dig a hole, do their business and bury it up. What God told Israel to do is you go outside the camp. He told them how far away from camp to go. You go, don't do that in your camp. Y'all will all be sick after a while. He said, but you go way out of camp and you dig a hole and you do your business and you come back to camp. And again, you look at that now and think, yeah, if they had been doing that in camp, that would have been nasty and they would have probably been getting sick. There'd have been disease and everything else. And so you just see that God's commands and God's instructions many times, uh, are, we think they're prohibiting us from something, but they're really protecting us from something. And some people resist the commands of God. They resist his rules. They resist what they feel like God's trying to keep something good for me. And God said, no, 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 I'm really keeping something bad from, from you. I, I have all wisdom. I know everything. So this was the portion that was going to be offered up to the Lord. So once again, these would be the three options. It could be an animal from your herd. It'd be the oxen or cattle. It could be a lamb uh, from your flock. It could be male or female. Or it could be a goat from your flock, which also could be male and female. So the person that was presenting this offering to the Lord, first they had to bring it out to the, they had to bring it out to the door of the tabernacle. They had to lay their hand on the head of it. They had to kill it themselves at the door of the tabernacle. And I thought about that as they killed it themselves, they're going to have blood all over their hands. And um, everybody here familiar with that, that term? That, that, you know, you, if, if something that you know you should have stepped in and done something, you're like, I'm going to do something because I don't want that blood on my hands. I don't want it to be, I don't want that guilt on me. I don't want, I don't want the blood of their, their whatever on my hands. Well, when they did this sacrifice, they would have the blood on their hands. Quite literally, it would be blood on their hands. And, and I believe this is the way that God wanted it. And so I was contemplating that earlier, like, God, how come you want it? It's just really gory. You know, it's uh, animals, it's all this blood and all these things. Why, why did you want them to have this visual? Why did you want them to experience what it was to kill the animal and see the blood and split it apart and set, set apart part of it to you? And I think God wanted them to always know this because we, we forget it in our culture right now. That's why we are told to do communion. Don't we forget sometimes that our peace with God was very costly. Sometimes we forget that. Sometimes we just get going and we forget. And that's why God said, I want you to do communion. I want you to have communion as often as you do it. I want you to do it. Remember to me, I don't want you to forget that it was a bloody mess for you to have peace with God. It wasn't just, it didn't just so happen. You didn't just end up having peace with God. It was a bloody mess. And that blood is on our hands. When I read the story of, of the crucifixion of Jesus, it's not the guilty Roman soldiers. It's not the guilty disciples. It's the guilty sinners of which I'm a part of that group. I, I had a hand and them hanging him on the cross. I had a hand in the nails in his hands and the nails in his feet. We had a hand in all those things. That blood is on our hands. And, and it costs something for us to have peace with God. And so here, um, yeah, it's going to be bloody and it's going to be messy, but it's also something that they're celebrating because something great is accomplished in it. And then the last, as they removed all these parts, the fat, the kidneys, the, the fat tail, the fatty lobe attached to the thing, all this was going to be, all the, those meats, all that fat was going to be put on top of the offering and burned up to the Lord. Now look at verse 6. If his offering is a sacrifice of peace offering to the Lord of the flock, 
rather male or female, he shall do, he shall offer it without blemish. If he offers a lamb as his offering, then he shall offer it before the Lord. And I want to just point this out because God gives three options. You remember when he did the burnt offering, he did the same thing. He didn't want anybody to be left out. He didn't want someone to not be able to worship because they were poor, because they didn't have very much. He said it could have been a, a oxen and he went all the way down to a pigeon or turtle doves that, that, you know, pretty much anybody could get in the game and, and, and participate in this thing. Well, as we look here at the peace offering, we got the same structure going on. The oxen would be expensive. Um, so if you were wealthy, well-to-do and had large flocks and herds, then that would be where you were offering a peace offering from. Maybe not, though. Maybe you're scaled down in the financial structure that day. and You could say, I could offer one of my little sheep. That's what I could offer to the Lord. Maybe you didn't have that to offer then a goat. Um, a goat then and a goat now they ain't, they ain't real hard to come by and they're not real worth a whole lot. So um, you offer that goat up to the Lord. But God had made it possible for everyone to participate in some way. I believe the same is true today uh, with, with regard to worshiping him, with regard to celebrating God's faithfulness, God, God's goodness. There isn't any classes within the body of Christ. Everybody can participate. Everybody can worship. Everybody can enjoy what the Lord has provided. Um, we all have something that we're able to bring to the table. We have something we're able to offer up. And so it could be of the flock, whether male or female, uh, has to be without blemish, had to be perfect. Verse seven, if he offers a lamb of his offering, then he shall offer it before the Lord. He shall lay his hand on the head of the offering and kill it before the tabernacle of meeting. The very same thing, Aaron and his son shall sprinkle the blood all around the altar. Then he shall offer from the sacrifice of the peace offering an offering made by fire to the Lord. It's fat, it's whole fat tail, uh, which he will remove it close to the backbone. The fat that covers the entrails and all the fat that is on the entrails, the two kidneys and the fat that is on them by the flanks and the fatty lobe attached to the liver above the kidneys. He shall remove and the priest shall burn them on the altar as food and offering made by fire to the Lord. And I got to tell you guys, I was reading over this this afternoon. I was studying and I was getting ready to get lunch. And I was just convicted that I could not go get fatty food for lunch today. It was like, I'm looking at God that don't eat the fat. Ate me the fat and the fatty lobe and the fat. So I went and had, I had a Belizean beans and rice and some, some, I had lean food. But I'm looking and thinking like, I mean, God basically cut out everything unhealthy and said, offer that to me. Give it to me. Um, put that on the, just burn that up to me. And the, the, the rest that'll be, you know, worth eating, you guys will have it for yourself. So, if you were the person offering the sacrifice, you brought the offering, you put your hand on it, you killed it, you cut it up, you took all those pieces out, you put them on the thing, you offered them to the Lord. We, we're, we're, we're only in Leviticus 3. Leviticus 7 gives us um, more insight. In Leviticus 7, um, we find out that um, this is a share of the priest. Um, Leviticus 7.31 and then 7.15 through 21. You can write that down in your notes. Leviticus 7.31. And in chapter 7, 15 through 21, and we'll go look at it in a little while, but we find out these two things that the priests uh, and those that were offering it up, they were going to get to share in part of this offering. The priest was going to be able to um, have, uh, they were going to receive the, the breast of the animal. After it was a, a, a wave offering, they would be able to take what was left of the breast of the offering. In Leviticus 7, 32 and 33, um, the officiating priest, he's going to have the right thigh. And so... The rest of this animal, the thigh, the breast, all these things, the people were going to be able to take it. And after they waved it as a wave offering, the meat that was left, they would take it and they would enjoy it themselves. And 
it would usually be something that people would have a feast and they would share in this feast with other Israelites. And so this peace offering was not just a celebration of their peace with God. It was also something that they enjoyed with one another, that they would they're celebrating their peace with God, but they're also feasting and having fellowship with one another. And so this is a very upbeat, celebratory type of offering, even though it was, um, you know, had to die and all those other things. It was something that would be for celebration. The last way that they could do it in verse 12, it says, and if his offering is a goat, then he shall offer it before the Lord. He shall lay his hand on the head and kill it before the tabernacle of meeting. And the sons of Aaron shall sprinkle his blood all around the altar. Then he shall offer from it of his offering. And um, as an offering made by fire to the Lord, the fat that covers the entrails and all the fat that is on the entrails, the two kidneys and the fat that is on them by the flanks and the fatty lobe attached to the liver above the kidneys, he shall remove and the priest shall burn them on the altar as food an offering made by fire, and we see that phrase again, for a sweet aroma, all the fat is the Lord's. And so uh, in each case, uh, all the fat, all the all the unhealthy parts are going to be offered up to the Lord. I wanted to have you turn forward now. Turn to Leviticus chapter 7. So just turn forward a couple chapters. And first, I want to look at verses 15. Uh, start at verse 15, Leviticus 7, verse 15, it says, the flesh of the sacrifice of his peace offering for thanksgiving shall be, shall be eaten the same day it is offered. He shall not leave any of it till morning, but if the sacrifice of his offering is a vow or a voluntary offering, it shall be eaten the same day that he offers his sacrifice. But on the next day, the remainder of it, the remainder of it also may be eaten. The remainder of the flesh of the sacrifice on the third day must be burned with fire And if any of the flesh of the sacrifice of his peace offering is eaten at all on the third day, it shall not be accepted, nor shall it be imputed to him. It shall be an abomination to him who offers it. And the person who eats it shall bear guilt. Now, I was reading that just thinking, I wonder why he could eat it up until the third day. Any thoughts on that? Any ring anything? Make you think of anything? He could have it up until the third day. After the third day, he says, nope, no more eating it. Be an abomination. And um, when on the third day, what happened? Jesus rose. And so I just think it's so interesting as you look back and you just see their little pictures where God said, you can do this. You can eat it that day, eat it this day, eat it, but on the third day, no more. And if you do a study on the third day from the Old Testament, God has put it, he planted it over and over and over again. He sowed that seed in the minds of the Israelites that 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 which was to come, that Jesus would die. And on the third day, he would rise again. And so just wanted to point out that they were able to enjoy this this offering. So most of the time, the offerings went up and it was all for the Lord, the burnt offering. But this one, they were able to partake. Uh, they were able to eat. They were able to feast together and enjoy some of it with one another. And so it would be something that you would have all your friends and all your family come out. And you guys would all eat some of this meat and enjoy fellowship over this food together. So anyone's ever had a good party with a lot of barbecue or something like that, it, it would be that. But the goal of the gathering is celebrating the fact that we have peace with God. And so I believe it would encourage fellowship among uh, the Israelites. Then look at chapter 7, verse 31. It says, and the priest shall burn the fat on the altar, but the breast shall be Aaron and his sons. Also the right thigh you shall give to the priest as a heave offering from the sacrifices of your peace offerings. And so 
the breast and the thigh was going to be given over. And so this would also be things that could be eaten and enjoyed later on. You've been listening to another edition of A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington of Calvary Chapel Inglewood. Thanks for tuning in. The book of Leviticus is full of relevant content that can still be applied to us today. Yes, even the Old Testament book that seems to just be full of rules and regulations. It's full of the grace of God. No matter how many times the Israelites seem to misunderstand or misjudge God, He still forgave them. He still gave them chance after chance and gave them what they needed. How many times in your life can you see that God has done the same for you? He gives grace even when we make mistakes. He gives grace even when we don't deserve it. He gives us chance after chance after chance. There is no one else like Him. If you're struggling with your own mistakes and are having a hard time accepting the grace of God, we'd love to connect and pray for you. Our number is 310-245-4811. Again, that number is 310-245-4811. And if you're ever in the Inglewood area, we want to meet you in person. Our service times are on Sundays at 10 a.m. and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. If you're unable to visit in person, we stream our services online too. For more information, such as directions and links to media pages, just visit CalvaryInglewood.org. Again, that website was CalvaryInglewood.org. Next time, Pastor Bill will continue teaching through the book of Leviticus, and you won't want to miss it. Learn more next time right here on A Transforming Word.